Welcome to the Rediscovering Normal podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie J. Clark. Rediscovering Normal is all about living life differently than the world expects you to. It's about finding your faith and being led by the Spirit in all that you do. Life is hard, but when you're rediscovering normal, you can find joy and peace in the challenges when you do life with Jesus. So grab your Bible and join me as we begin rediscovering normal together. Hi friend, I'm so happy you're here. I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit nervous for this three-part series. Marriage is hard, divorce is harder, co-parenting is hardest. Before we get into it, I want to preface this series with the fact that this is my personal experience and story. I will never speak badly about anyone involved in my story, except showing my own faults. I'm the villain in this story, if you will, if there can even be a villain. I have done so much growing and learning throughout my own healing process and becoming self-aware. There will be some hard truths in this series, but they are all truths I had to learn the hard way. My hope and prayer for this series is that you might learn something in order to better serve your spouse or to see your divorce or ex in a different light, or even to understand how hard but beautiful co-parenting can be. If you've never experienced a divorce or co-parenting for yourself, I hope this series will shed light on a hard topic that I think more people need to be talking about and sharing their experience in. At the very least, I hope you can learn from at least one of my mistakes so that you don't make it yourself. Because let's face it, you'll learn that I've made plenty of mistakes. This series will put all my faults and mistakes on display. These are, or were, painful parts of my story, but I have done the necessary hard work of healing from these painful parts so I can share my story in order to show you just how God will use the worst of our mistakes in order to use our story for His glory. We serve a God who is all about redemption. So let's get started with part one of the series, Marriage is Hard. There's no sugarcoating it. Marriage is hard. I used to think marriage would be this wedded bliss and we'd live happily ever after, raising a family and growing old. Don't get me wrong, it certainly can be, but it's going to take work. Did you dream of your wedding when you were growing up? As a little girl, I can't say I remember actually dreaming of my wedding. I'm sure I did, I just don't remember it. I think it's probably pretty normal that anyone that's in a long-term relationship has dreamt about their future wedding at some point, hoping and wishing for it to happen so your dreams can turn into a reality of planning and marrying the love of your life. Can you relate? I definitely experienced this. I had the typical behavior of dropping hints to my boyfriend to make it more than clear what I wanted. I threw in a comment about marriage anytime I could. Looking back, I can see how annoying this must have been on the receiving end. I wanted to get married, but I thought it was the answer to any and all problems. I'd then have the wedded bliss I'd been longing for. I ended up getting exactly what I wanted. The proposal came and the planning began. I was finally getting the wedding that I wanted and to marry the man I loved more than life itself. I'm assuming you already have figured out that this dream came to an end. Four and a half years after I said my vows, my divorce was final. 
this wasn't a dream I had, ever. I could be wrong on this, but I see two different scenarios when it comes to marriage. You either want it so badly that you're acting like a crazy person and pushing the topic constantly, or you want nothing to do with it because it seems like it's way too much work. Regardless of which side you're on, I think the problem is how society is pushing women to be empowered to become more and more independent. I don't think that there's anything wrong with being empowered as a woman to be independent. However, I do think it's conflicting with what the true meaning of marriage and the way God designed marriage to be. I spoke about this briefly in episode 6 and how to start living biblically, but it's worth mentioning again. Go ahead and grab your Bible and let's look at Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 verse 16 says, Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. When I first read this, it didn't sit well with me. To have someone rule over me was not my idea of marriage, but this was part of the curse from the fall of man. Now, before you get angry and want to shut this episode off, take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. This tells us, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And Ephesians chapter 5 verse 28, Husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Okay, let's break this down a little bit more. Head back to to Genesis chapter 2 this time. God created man first, but that doesn't mean that men are superior to women. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper corresponding to him. And then woman was made from the rib of a man in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. You weren't made to be independent from your husband. You were made to be his helper, a team, one flesh, and God at the very center of the marriage. Without him, the marriage is most likely going to fail. I'm sure there are instances where they don't fail, but I'd be willing to bet that there is some sort of longing for more in a marriage without God at the center. Here's a quick backstory. I know part one is about marriage, but I promise this all works together. After my divorce, I naively said, I'm not getting married again. I was guilty of thinking I didn't need to be legally married to have a loving, successful relationship. Honestly, my heart hurts thinking about this now and how this may have made my amazing husband feel. I had such a rough experience the first time around that I wasn't sure my heart could handle it again. Let me also say, when I say rough experience, I'm saying that I was so unhappy with myself that I had no idea how to be a loving wife. Another problem was that I wasn't thinking of marriage the way it was intended. When I say I didn't feel the need for it to be legal, to be faithful, essentially I was saying, I'm not willing to put my commitment to you on paper. Wow. When I first heard that, I was shocked and, quite honestly, embarrassed. Before my second marriage, our pastor gave a great example of a God-center marriage. He took a piece of paper and he drew a triangle. At the top of the triangle, he wrote God, and then at the bottom of each point, he wrote both of our names. You should think of your marriage as not only including you and your spouse, but also including God. 
So you and your spouse are the two bottom points, each connected to God at the top, and you each have your own relationship with God. And then you are also connected to your spouse at the bottom in your marriage. If you aren't both moving closer to God, you're going to be moving further away from each other. If one of you is moving closer to God, but the other isn't, you're still moving further away from each other. The goal is for each of you to work on your relationship with the Lord in order to grow closer together in your marriage. When you have a God-centered marriage, you don't want to be independent of your husband. You will want to be his helper. You should want to serve your husband. That is a natural feeling, and serving your husband brings glory to God. In my first marriage, I would do things for my ex-husband expecting things in return. A relationship should be 50-50, right? Give and take. I thought so. The problem was, I thought that I was giving 100% all of the time. I thought I was the only one giving and expecting the same. I was trying to be the best wife, but the reality is I was being selfish. In the beginning of my second marriage, I took it to the other extreme. I was much more independent and decided that my husband was a grown man and didn't need taken care of. Likewise, if I needed or wanted something a certain way, I'd just do it myself. The problem with this independent attitude, I was robbing my husband of serving me the way God intended him to serve me. And I was not serving him in a way that would bring glory to God either. This happened during 2020 when we were quarantined. I was working from home with two small kiddos, and I was also pregnant. I only survived that season by the grace of God. However, during quarantine, life didn't change much for my husband. We live in a small rural community, and he works in agriculture, so life pretty much just went on as is for him. I was challenged to the max. I was trying to juggle work while entertaining kids between phone calls, all while being exhausted from growing a human and trying to keep my house in line and my head above water. When five o'clock hit, I was counting down the seconds until my husband would walk through the door. He wasn't greeted warmly or kindly. He was greeted with chaos and you gotta take these children's now before I lose my ever loving mind. Let me pause and say that I am so grateful that God gave me such a patient man. My husband was willing to take over as soon as he walked through that door, even though I was not providing a welcoming home for him. The Lord convicted me big time. He showed me that I was not serving my husband in a way that was bringing glory to God. The Lord made me ask myself, what am I even doing to make him want to come home to me? Ugh. Talk about big time conviction. I needed to begin serving my husband as his helper and not just him being my helper in times of stress. I now ensure I do what I can to provide a peaceful and loving home for my husband once he walks in that door from work. It's not always possible with three small children, but I will always do what I can. I make sure to greet him warmly as he comes in the door after work. I try to welcome him with a smooch and ask him how his day was. I no longer try to hand the kids off as quickly as possible. I include the kids in welcoming their dad home from the day. When I'm excited, they're excited. 
Any small act of service I can do for him is serving him in a way that brings God glory. I no longer serve expecting anything in return. I do it because I'm his helper. Whether that's making his lunch when he has a long day in the tractor or doing his laundry, and yes, even initiating intimacy, or should I say, especially initiating intimacy. Newsflash, intimacy is part of God's design for marriage. A quick note, the best book I've ever read on this topic is called Married Sex by Gary Thomas and Deborah Filetta. If you're married, buy the book. Read the book. Implement the strategies in the book. Seriously, just do it. That's all I'll say. Just do it. When you start serving your husband in a way that gives glory to God, you no longer serve to have it reciprocated. Once you start serving your husband out of love, the love is reciprocated every single time. If you've stopped serving your husband because he never does anything for you, please just start serving him without wanting waiting for him to start serving you. Not only serving our husbands is important, but also giving them respect. This is something else I struggled with in my first marriage. I didn't respect my ex-husband. Our husbands need respect. When we respect our husbands, we can do this by speaking kindly to them or about them. Have you ever complained about your husband to your friends or anyone for that matter, this is not respect. You should always speak kindly about your hubby. If you've had an issue that you just need to talk about, the only other person you should be talking to about that issue is God. I said what I said. (laughs) Another way we can respect our husbands is by valuing their opinions and decisions. It's pretty common that wives just run the household We carry the mental load of all the things and just take care of them. But what if we stop to ask our husband's opinion on things? If his opinion is different than what you usually do, are you quick to shut him down or do you listen to what he has to offer? Maybe, just maybe, if we slow down long enough to show our husbands we want their opinion and for them to make decisions, Maybe they'd be more willing to offer those opinions and decisions without having to be asked. Just something to think about. Finally, we can respect our husbands by honoring his wishes. This kind of goes along with letting them make decisions, don't you think? I know I was guilty of this and still am sometimes. Maybe you don't agree with a decision your husband has made, so you make the decision the way you want. But put yourself in his shoes. Would you feel respected? I doubt it. I'm not saying we need to let our husbands rule us, but we do need to take some more time respecting our husbands to make decisions for us and honoring his wishes. If you don't agree, then you should talk with your husband and figure out why he thinks the way he does. Maybe he'll show you a perspective you've never seen before. Our husbands need respect. Not that they want it or ask for it, They need it because God has wired them to need it. Disrespect is one of the most detrimental actions in our marriage. When we tear down our husbands with words or undermine their decisions or even completely disregard their feelings, we sabotage our relationship. We honor God when we honor our husbands. 
That means serving them out of love and giving them the respect they deserve. These only enhance the love in the marriage. I'll say it again. When we serve from a place of love, the love will be reciprocated every single time. If you've been listening to all of this and you're thinking there is simply no hope for your marriage, or maybe you don't believe changing your attitude towards your husband will make any difference, I want to offer you some encouragement. Don't put God in a box for what he can do for your marriage. God will show up every single time. He can turn any situation around. He can and he will make your marriage beautiful if you let him. It won't be easy and you'll be required to take a look at yourself. God may just show you that you've been the problem. I say that because you'll learn next week in part two that I learned that I was the problem. I just recognized it too late, but is but also soon enough to make sure I made changes in my second marriage so I didn't make those same mistakes again. My prayer is that you focus on putting your relationship with God first. I pray that the Lord will step in and change your marriage if needed. I ask that he reveal himself to you and to your spouse to have a God-centered marriage. I pray you both do some heart work and allow the Holy Spirit to soften your heart. I pray the Lord will transform your marriage. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And with that, I'll meet you back here next week for part two. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thank you for tuning in to the Rediscovering Normal podcast. Could you do me a huge favor? If you felt the Holy Spirit moving in you during this episode, could you give it a five-star rating or leave a review wherever you're listening? And please share it with someone who may need this message as well. This is the number one way that others find out about the podcast. And if you want to keep in touch, find me on Instagram. Okay, friend, until the next episode, keep rediscovering normal every day with Jesus.